This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the MVSP. It's the last week of school for us, Brandon. It's the start of the week on Monday. Finals week. It's going to be stressful, but we can get through it, Brandon, especially for us. Got a lot going on, but once this week is over, it's just going to be smooth sailing. Everybody, hang in there. Five days. We're almost done. That's all it takes. Almost done. Five days. And we're Luckily for us, we're communications majors, so we don't really have a whole lot of stuff going on, but... We, I mean, like I, I don't know about you, Joe, but I have more I mean, you projects have a lot. I mean, you than have a lot exams. Of, yeah. Yes. I have, like, a couple projects, but, like, just, like, comparatively, compared to, like, what's it, like, chemistry majors or, like, no, 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 we're not, yeah, we're, like, not, we're not, yeah. They I mean, probably have a lot more stuff than us, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, we're not, like, chem or STEM, like, those those guys that are having huge exams. I comparatively. Feel, I feel very bad for you, all STEM and chem majors, because yeah, that's We're definitely brutal. lucky, but. But I mean, nonetheless, hang in there, Bulldogs. We're almost there. Five more days. Finish line is in sight, and we will be done. Finish and line is in sight. It's crazy to think some some Bulldogs. It's their final five days as a Bulldog. That's crazy. That's Isn't us. That in, nuts. That's us in a couple years. But either way, Brandon, enough with the sad talk. I'll tell that you we what. Some athletes into, definitely leaving on a yeah, high note. Definitely Joe. leaving on a high note. Three GLIAC championships coming back to Ferris Whoop. State. Uh, that includes women's tennis, men's tennis, and. Women's soccer. Women's soccer. I don't know why I forgot that. I was going to say women's volleyball, but that didn't happen. But nonetheless, got a pretty packed show for you today. But Brandon, I think we should start with the tennis for the Ferris State Bulldogs. We'll start with women's side. That one came down to the wire. Yeah, that one was that one was on uh, later in the day. Uh, I believe it was on Saturday. Very stressful. Just like golf, very stressful. Came down to the wire. We ended up beating GV. Anchor down. Anchor down, baby. Anchor down. Anchor talk down. Like, like Pat McAfee. Anchor down. Anchor Just kidding. Down. But anyway, got the got the win 4-3 in the final of the Clay Act Championship. And that was absolutely huge. I mean, it was just a great feeling. I know watching the last play of the match, it was just so tense. And then once got the final point, every all the the all the team stormed the floor. And it, it was just one of those classic championship moments. And I, even though it was just a conference championship, winning a conference championship in the GLIAC is just as good as a lot of other championships you can think of around the region. Because yeah. the fact is... Comparatively to D1, too. Because like mm-hmm. GLIAC has a lot of athletes that could go d1 and could strive at the d1 level but they just you know fell through the cracks a little bit and now they're like fighting for a spot but like grand valley is probably one of the better teams in the nation for i mean we are we were ranked what was it like 16 yeah we were i think we were somewhere in the the mid-teens yeah Yeah, i know grand valley was close i get the tennis and the soccer numbers mixed up i think one's 16 and one's 11 i'm not sure which one's which and they've been bouncing around too yeah so but like Grand Valley was ranked top 25, I'm pretty sure, too. Because I mean, they were second in the GLIAC. For men or women? Women. They were three for women. They were two for men. Which it didn't matter because we beat, both, beat them both yeah, times. Yeah, it didn't matter anyways. <laughs> so but it like, doesn't matter. It's so crazy to see like, how, how far of a down the wire and to see, like... I mean, that was both both times we played them, too. Because early in the year, we only beat them 4-3. Yeah, it was... They're, they're, they're a tough team. And, I mean, just the fact that this was knotted up 3-3 for the final match. And then um, Sophie Vatila getting that 6-3 win to force the third set and then pulling out the 6-2 victory that ended up giving us the title just showed how just how how 
competitive of a matchup this was. I mean, the GV is a very good tennis program. We have a very good tennis program. I can't. We can't stress this enough. Coach Doran has done a fantastic job with not only recruiting, but just getting everybody in the position for success and continually bringing success year after year. It's just fantastic. Um, just seeing him. Um, just he like during the whole channel, like um, post match interviews, he was just nothing but smiles. It was just such a great feeling for everybody. I know they got the the water the video of them wa- dumping water on him. Um, it was just one of those great moments where it's like you finally have the goal on the board for how many months, how even almost a year now with COVID since the last time that we had these championships. Mm-hmm. Like it's been this long, and you've been prepping for this long, and just finally getting that moment of. We have it. We finally yeah. got it. Because a regular season championship's good, but a conference but a conference tournament, tournament champion, whoo, where you can really get both of them. I mean, we as Michigan fans, Michigan basketball one. fans, know what that's like. It's just it's just better. It's, it's just strictly better. Like this really year, is. this year's Michigan's uh, regular season title, not as good as a Big Ten tournament title. It really wasn't. No, but it was still cool. But I mean, why not get? Two instead of one? Because two is greater than one. If my math serves me right, Jeff. But I mean, it was your math is good, Brandon. Math is good. Math is very good. But um, I mean, I really, I really don't know what else to say. Like, I'm just, just so happy. I'm 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 happy. I'm just so happy for him because how does I do have a question though? How does it work? Because I see on like the score or like the scorecard or whatever, they have a singles and a doubles. So do they like have both sets? Each part, like each one on the team, like their top six, right? They play Mm -hmm. singles, and they have two matches or best two out of three for doubles right if it's a tiebreaker right i think it's um i can't remember correctly uh i have a friend that actually um played tennis and coached tennis at first a long time ago um that he he explained it to me before and it almost sounded like they take the top um like all the single scores and then whoever wins out of the the best of three team gets that final point i can't remember if that's the exact one there might be a different it might be a different rule. I'm not quite sure. I'm not a tennis geek myself. I'm still learning about it on as we keep going, which is also a reason why we don't get totally in depth with tennis as it is because we don't want to spread false information. And make- so the the way that this, I just looked up how does college tennis scoring work. So each singles match is played to the best of three sets. Each singles match one gives a school a point. Sure. So yep. essentially to win, you must win the doubles point and three out of the six singles matches to get four overall points. If you lose a doubles point, you have to win the four six, the four of the six singles matches. So if you lose uh, a doubles match... So is a doubles match worth two points? Yes, and a singles oh. match is worth one. So That's smart. If you lose I was one, about to say, that makes it. singles so much more heavily favored if they're all one point. That makes way more sense. Yeah, because there's only... there's only, I lost the... Where'd that go? Oh, there it is. Um, I clicked off my uh, link to where I was looking at for the Gleak tennis stuff. But yeah, because yeah, then that means, so we both won three to three in the singles. Yep. And then we won two out of the three of the doubles. Right. So then they couldn't come back and win anyways. Yes. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Cool means We learned something new every day. And hopefully all of our fans did too. That's how college tennis scoring works. But, I mean, at the end of the day. 
four two and and four we three did it, baby got the w's i mean it's just it's just awesome i'm so happy for the tennis team and also just as happy for the women's soccer team who clinched the regular season title with a little bit of an unorthodox finish um still convinced to this day gv scared to play us because they canceled once again Anchor down i know i'm sure that's, that's probably not the real reason but until they prove otherwise and come out and say why then we're that's gonna, gonna go that's we're what gonna we're gonna go with that, that they're scared so anchor down part two and women's soccer getting the title yeah good feeling Gleak tourney coming up too we got Saginaw tomorrow right yeah yep tuesday the we 27th got Saginaw, and then i looked up i looked up the tournament like schedule so tomorrow it's fair it's us for Saginaw. that's who will play and then guess who will play next round we possibly, and then we play the winner of match four, which is Michigan Tech and Grand Valley State. What? So hopefully Grand Valley wins so that we can beat them. Either way, I like our chances. Uh, and then the other two games are Davenport versus Ashland. Ashland is a two seed there, so they'll probably win that one. But Davenport could come out of nowhere and win that. And then Northern versus Northern, Northwood versus Northern Michigan at noon. Yeah, I think... Northern and Tech will be will be sneaky teams in this tournament. I think I know like we played Tech really hard at the at the yeah. uh, a couple them, weeks but ago. Northern, Northern was the only one that we haven't beat this year. That one was we, the one we tied we, them. We tied them, and they're not as good of a team as. Um, I think we just had a little bit of an off day too. There, yeah, they're one, but of the, still they're they're one of the better ones. Yeah, both Tech and Northern are two of the better teams. Um, the only other, I mean, Ashland's definitely going to be a team to watch because they're the next best team in this in the GLIAC as far as rankings are concerned. Yes. Um, so I think, but I mean, at the end of the day, like we see every single year, I mean, especially basketball, it's not the best team going into the tournament that wins. It's, it's the team that plays hot. well. So, yeah. um, I mean, at the end of the day, regular season conference championship, absolutely ecstatic. I know, um, mm-hmm. as a side note, like as a, a sports reporter, being able to talk to uh, Grace Farhaj and her, one of her main goals was we, I want us to win a team conference championship. That is, that is the most important goal at the moment. And they got it. So mm-hmm. now everything after that's just icing on the cake as far as from her standpoint. And I'm sure everybody's really excited. Um, I know we're going to have, we have a pretty good draw. I like our draw. Cause I think yeah, that yeah, we got to sell. I mean, we're number one, so we're going to play, we beat Saginaw already. And we yeah, possibly, a, possibly have the chance to play. Um, I just like to play GV just so just I do so too because I just like proving to people that Grand Valley is not as good as Ferris. Yeah, yeah, that's personal. It's well, it's pers- personal. It's for, personal. I mean, one of my sisters went to Grand Valley, so every time oh, that's double every time, personal. Yeah, every time Ooh. Grand Valley loses to something, I yeah, just fun text fact, her. My brother also went to I just text her anchor down so there's a little bit of family rivalry there when, uh, my brother Ferris, went to GV and my sister went to Ferris so you know there's definitely um, butting heads when Ferris won uh, the the GLIAC tournament or the GLIAC championship for football last la, no not even last two years ago or our freshman year or whatever I text her and I was just like anchor up huh and then she was just like Wait for next year. I forget what she said, but she oh, was like mad at me. I was like, at the end of the like, day, though, if it would have went the other way, we probably would have said the same thing. Can't help it if Grand Valley just isn't as good. Ah, I guess. I, I'm, I'm just sold. I'm just. It's not like they, they just kept canceling. I don't know if they, know. they have a COVID situation or what's I going on. I know that on. they have only played like. I'm sure that's probably the, the like reason. Half them but as the many end, games. They haven't else. announced that. Like, they didn't come out and say it was because of COVID that I'm aware of, or unless there was a different report than yeah, well, I got. Yeah, Grand Valley's only played five games so far. 
Yeah. Out of and how many? Four. So they we could they nine really could have been number two eight, this we year. We played eight or nine. Yeah, we eight. Played eight. Ashland's played Ashland and Northern have played the most. Ashland, Northern, and Michigan Tech have played the most with nine. Yeah, that's. I think it's a not. It's a uh, nine game. It's a nine game schedule. Yeah, I think it's just because Grand Valley probably had so much COVID stuff going on. Yeah, because most me, likely. Let me think. So it'd be. But no, there's no Wayne State, no Lake State. Then that, but that comes so up. Should be one other team. But then you gotta wonder, like, how is that gonna go into the tournament? Because if they've had so much no, trouble with, if they've had so much trouble with COVID already, like, are they gonna have that trouble in the tournament? Because they can't. They'll have to cancel anyways. Which will be fine with us because that means Davenport will move on, and we beat Davenport by what two goals, three goals. It was three nothing. Yeah, three nothing. So like, that's not a terrible. It's a terrible situation. No, not at all. But like, no, we got to. It still just begs the question: like, will they even be able to get to the? Make it through. Oh. Which so now you're saying is they have to well, play the, a certain amount of games? No, I'm saying are they going to have to cancel because of COVID? You know, in the in, that in the tournament in this next week. Yeah, We're are they going to have more struggles gonna... with it? Because you can definitely tell that like what they're doing for <laughs> It'll like definitely protocol. Be a classic at least for the three team. strikes you're out scenario. Because yeah. the third time's a charm. They cancel this time, they're not going back. So yeah, I would say this if. I that'll be that will not look very good on their part not being able to play because they haven't been able to handle their COVID yes, situation. And I completely understand. Like, take this and I know the exact perspective. Like, I am on a team that had a COVID outbreak at one point, but we took the protocol and we got back. Yeah, like, but that, I'm not yeah, throwing any that, shade at Grand Valley or whatever. But the just fact is, why. they canceled on us at the beginning of April. And it is April 26th. Today we're recording, and they're in the same scenario. And they've I'm played. Just, that's all I'm saying. And they've played. What's going on? Four less games than almost everybody else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their situation is, but it doesn't look good for them. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. It's not a good look. No, just well, because we tried. What, a, what are you doing wrong? Yeah, that, we tried like, the third of April, and then we tried the twenty third of April, and we got the same scenario. That's twenty days. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's don't going know. on. But like, like I said, we hope that they they get all of their players back, so then we can play them and see who really is the better team out of the two. Because there's people that think Great Valley's better, so uh, I'd love to prove them wrong. Yeah, and I, I know our girls team would love to prove them wrong. So we'll be looking forward to that. I mean, classic conference tournament battle going to be coming up this week on starting on Tuesday against Saginaw. Uh-huh. I believe that game is home, and I believe there will be. Sp- is it at home? The I actually Ferris don't know. Game? The well, Ferris game? The soccer game? is. The, do they have neutral site this year with, uh, with the GLIAC tournament? It doesn't tournament? say neutral site, but it also doesn't say where it's at anyways. Because I know it says... Um, I mean, this the Ferris State website says home. They're saying it is in Big Rapids. Hosted by Higher Match Seed. Okay, so it is. It is at home. So Tuesday, 4 o'clock, if you need a break from studies, go check out the women's soccer team and in the quarterfinals. And semifinals is also hosted by highest remaining seed following quarterfinal matches. So what's the championship at? I think it might be a neutral site. Because it doesn't say where. hosted by who. They should play at, um, they should play at, um, what is it? I can't remember now what the, um. Uh, the, f- the big field is in um, Detroit. The soccer field. I can't remember what it's called. They should play there. Oh, I, I know which one you're talking about, yeah. but I don't know. I, I don't know what that's called, though. I don't have to Google it, but um, either no, way. It'll be interesting. I, I, can't, I mean, I'm I hope excited. they play at a cool venue. They play, like, yep, they play Tuesday this week, and then they ended up, they end it. Tuesday is the quarterfinals, Friday is the semifinals, and then Sunday is the finals. So mm-hmm. by the end of this week, we'll have a new GLIAC champion. Yeah. 
Hopefully it will be us. Hopefully it will be us. I would be super stoked if it was us. But moving on now, um, I know some of my fellow Bulldog teammates and track and field athletes were in action over the weekend, and we got some pretty pretty sweet sweet results over the weekend. Yeah, read it off for us there, Brandon. Oh, man, there was plenty of good ones to go around. I mean, I'm going to try my best to get to all of them, but trust me, there is a ton. I mean, we had some Provo marks, some school records broke, top all five bests that were marked. So... I'm going to try to get to a lot of them, but if I miss, I apologize. But you can I check can try to pick some up. But too, you can right? check more of our you can check all of them out on the Ferris State website at ferrisstatebulldogs.com. So, the starting with Thursday at Hillsdale, this was so first of all, context to what in the world does it mean by there was two different meets and there was people at So basically it was split up during out the week for um, basically, for competition standpoint, um, everybody's at a different meet for competition standpoint, so everybody can run against the fastest competition possible for them. Um, so we there was um, a couple people that went to Hillsdale on Thursday and a couple that went to Friday based on um, the being in a, a championship heat or a regular heat um, for an event that they're normally doing or not doing, and so on and so forth. So basically, at this point, there's a bunch of different people going to different meets as far as it was either Hillsdale Thursday, Hillsdale Friday, or Davenport on Saturday based on whether what times they were going to be coming in at as far as heat sheets are concerned, which I yeah. know some people get confused about that, but just bear with us. So this is all you need to know. Thursday on the, I believe it was the um, 10K, Weston Rackley came in seventh. Um, on Friday, um, my buddy, Aaron Jarema, 3K steeplechase at 925, y'all. Dang. That is now number four, I believe. Four or five. believe it was four. Still, we're still clarifying that because I think it was a couple tenths we have to check just to make sure officially. Fourth on the all-time school list, Mark. Um, I got a 10-second PR. Not a person to boast, up, boast about myself, but I was very happy with my race over the weekend. I will say that for sure. I'm happy for you, Brandon. Oh, thank you, Joe. 10-second um, personal best. Yes. I, that was one of the... I, I know what everybody that That's I was talking to... proud to, of. Everybody I was talking to after that race, I was like, that was one of the better races I've ever run. Like, I felt I felt so much better than the, the previous two, so... And in the black uni, Brandon. Oh, the black unis, dude. I absolutely love those. Looked real good. Those look so clean. I hope we kind of make those our primaries low-key. But that's but, a, but that's the thing though. Especially with a black one, they're you special. gotta wear those for like special, so they're that special. way they don't lose the magic. You yeah, know? they're just they're that's just like with else. any like special jer- like jersey that you wear. You know. Yeah, it's special. I have I have mixed feelings if we should have it as our primary or not, just because of that fact. They're special. Well, but, that's the well, that's the reason. Side note, that's the, that's like the reason for like most teams like who have like cool alternate jerseys. It's like you don't want to wear them all the time because then they will lose their magic. Like you know, like old Miss Powder Blues for their baseball team. They only wear them on Sundays because sure. you don't want to like wear I them all the that. time. No, that's what I, I think like, about it. It's the just pod, the Padres. Like they're really cool. Like alternate jerseys. Don't wear those all the time. So well, yeah, you know, I get that. That's the reason why I'm like, I just want to wear them more because they're just cool. You know, yeah. but it, it is what it is. Um, Donis Harris, five k, fourteen forty. All that's cooking. Very that fast. will get to third on the all-time mark in the 5K. Um, for some of the women, Kylie Hutchinson, 21st in the 5K, um, which was a huge heat, by the way, 1820. Uh, Hannah Lauk's right behind 1823 at 23rd. Um, and then Sydney Kubiak ran a season, uh, personal best at 1842. Um, and then Kate Hutchinson, um, I believe she got 24th, 24th, second fastest time in um, – school history in the steeplechase which 
Disclaimer, she also had the record beforehand, so she pretty much just improved her number two mark. But she ended up getting a, I believe it was a five-second PR, if I remember correctly, um, somewhere in that ballpark, allowed to 11.40. So I believe she's now about eight seconds off the all-time fastest steeplechase time in school history. What grade is she in? Very exciting. Um, I think she's technically in her senior year, but I think junior year of COVID eligibility. Oh, so, okay. So yeah, not, she'll not sure. Not sure what her plans are, but I mean, still at the end of the day, there is a shot. There is a shot at conference that she could get there, and that's yeah, what we're same. definitely hoping. Um, moving on into Saturday at Davenport, a lot of loaded action. First off, Brett Robertson, well done, my friend. Four hundred meter hurdle champion, fifty two point five eight, and getting a Division two provisional mark. Yes, Fantastic. Sir. I know that we were watching that um, at during time, and I ended up, me and some of the, the Friday competitors ended up getting down to the Saturday meet. Um, how we got in there, that'll leave undisclosed. But we got into the meet, and we were watching this live, and we were looking, and, and all once Brett finished, we were like, that's pretty cool. And then um, Coach came over, he's like, he might have got it. And we were like, what? And we kept scrolling and scrolling and refreshing and refreshing, and then we got the... The official mark of forty or fifty-two-five, which breaks into the provisional mark. Sick. So, nationals potential for Brett Robertson. Well done, my friend. Good for him. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Ethan Hamilton, runner-up in the fifteen hundred with four fifteen. Uh, Jason Kena, second in the jab with one fifty-nine-one. Um, I believe we also had some other fifteen hundred meter runners: Dan Hardesty, Andrew Yaworski, uh, Casey Bowman, as well. Um, Deneen, Brendan Deneen, I should say. Um, I believe he finished somewhere in the top seven. I believe was what the recap has. I can't remember the exact number. I believe he finished around two hundred four. Now, I'm not his best race, but I, I, the conditions were a little bit. It was a little chilly down there, a little bit gusty. So, um, I mean, these weren't the most ideal conditions. So, um, definitely some good results regardless for the the conditions. But um, yeah. in, in the throws, uh, Kyle Druard, sixth in the shot put. Trevor Osnowski is seventh. And then Jig Zimita, eighth. Look how that's lined up. That's very ironic. Uh, T-Roz, sixth in the discus, as well as Kyle Druard, seventh. And Forest Acres, eighth. That is weird. That's like the same run, six, yeah, or same, six seven, yeah. eight. <laughs> that's so funny. That's funny. You know, oh, I was going to tell the joke, but I'm not going to now. Um, <laughs> why is six, tell me why I, six afraid of seven? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we'll stop there. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brianna Copley won the shot put, won the discus, and she got the new school record for shot put. Well done. Yay. Well done, Bree. Um, Carissa Sher won the 1,500 meter on the ladies' side, 456. Claudia Wilkinson won the high jump. Uh, I believe it was 5.3 and a quarter, if I remember correctly. Um, Allison Faulkner, third in the 400 meter hurdles. Um, Claudia Wilkinson also got 100, uh, fourth in the 100 meter hurdles as well. Um, Hannah Brock was seventh in the 1,500, followed by Lauren Sinavin, eighth, and Amelia Topolsky, ninth. That's a mouthful. Um, Michaela Roberts, fifth in the 400. Madison Hamner's ninth in the 200. Um, and plenty of other results. You can also check those out online as well. But plenty of great action in um, track and field over the weekend. I know coaches, participants, very pleased over the weekend for good reason. It was a really good meet. Everybody did a great job. And, I mean, just, just the way it is, 15 top 10 places overall through yeah. all the all the meat competition over the next three days my mic there for a yeah, second you look you got so excited there for a second you i was going to scratch my eye, scratch my eye and smack the microphone my bad you good i'm good okay just making sure you're holding your excitement in the chair over there i you know? know it's it's just a monday, I to, I know, it's a monday I morning you want to get after it you know yeah i gotta get 
You got to attack the day, as they say. Attack the day. But going to be a fun this weekend. Um, going to go to GV for the uh, whatever name of the meet it was. I don't even think they know what the name of it is, meaning GV themselves. Grand they call Valley it the, Invitational. It's called the Invite, but I've heard it's called... I heard the Extra Meet is actually one of the names they called. I have zero clue what the name of it is. But all you need to know, Friday and Saturday, we'll be in Allendale. That's all you need to know. Cool beans. So, there is going to be plenty of action over the weekend so definitely, definitely check those out Super online excited for that yes and finally the last um competition of the weekend softball was in action i believe they were on the road at, at saginaw. saginaw so they ended up getting um the worst end of the sweep they had a four zip and seven four loss to the cardinals um also coming with some uh, some tough losses in extra innings to the ashland as well just a tough time for softball i really i really wish i wish them something that will get them over the hump of what's going on because it's just been tough i mean we got down early especially in the the saturday game we got down early down three zip and really just take out that inning and then it's a tie game of four four and really, I mean, that was kind of the same way it was the like in the earlier matchup as well in game one where we were down one nothing after the the first inning and just couldn't claw back. So I just yeah. I just really want to try like I'm I we really want to talk better about softball like getting wins and stuff. And it's just it's just been hard so far because it's just they've been playing good but just haven't got the job done yeah, yeah but man. i mean also saginaw is a very good team oh yeah they're they 20, are a good 21 team. 12 overall 10 and 10 the gleax so they're like they're no slouch it's just i don't know i can definitely tell after going to a game it's like our lineup i mean it's just only two games that i went to but the lineup was a little bit struggling just for like getting hits when they needed to and stuff mm-hmm. and there's a couple times where like there's just mental mistakes like where uh, i forget who was up to bat but she had like it was like one or oh and two and it was just like a fastball in the outside corner and it was it was borderline could have been called the ball but at that point especially it's like you can't really blame that on the ump or you can't really blame that like on like yeah, you can't blame that on the ump for making a bad call because, like, if it's that close, you, you got to take you it. You got to swing, got to try to foul yeah. it off until you get a good pitch. And I think that's the one thing. Because I saw that a couple times is just, like, a couple of mental relapses at the plate that led to them being in a situation where it just makes it a lot tougher on the mental game where they get down to 0-2 where they have to swing at stuff that they don't normally want to swing at. And they just kind of, you know, don't really come in clutch for most of those situations. But then again, that was only against the Ash. That was only the game that they played against Ashland at home that I went to. So it could have been a different story today. But that's the one thing that I noticed too. It's just, it's a little bit. They're putting themselves in a little bit worse positions than they want to be in those those times where they need to make runs. And then that just kind of compiles onto the fact that they get behind early and just a whole bunch of different factors. Yeah, I would I would agree that looking at some of the the stat lines overall that um that there's there's just times where we have abilities to drive in runs like we we've we left i believe six six on base in the the second game which is a lot it it is a lie i mean you get eight hits you got people on base and you're just just leaving people on the bases is a very depleting feeling because i mean you have those opportunities in those big time moments to make momentum shifts which are huge in a game like softball where 
it's pretty much an even playing field to the point where whatever team gets hot at the right moment, basically. Yeah. Because, I mean, baseball and softball are some of the sports where not necessarily the best team... Like, the best teams in, like, for example, Major League Baseball aren't 140 and 20. They're, they're, they're not, they don't even win 100 games. Like, they're winning 100 and... It's, they're going 160. Which, yeah. really, if you think about Good it... Good teams win, like, 100... Maybe 100 games. Yeah, 90, 80. A good baseball team would win about 85 to 90 games or higher, which is barely over half if you think about it that way. Like, that's how, like, it can be such a momentum-driven sport. And we see a lot of teams, like, for example, the Yankees, that are starting off really struggling. Like, they're 5-10, and 10, but in reality, if they can get back on the hot track, win some games, I mean, they, they could shoot back up in the ALE. So, they're like momentum sw- swings are very good and very bad. And we're experiencing the bad end of it because we just haven't got that momentum driven yeah. in our last couple of games and I mean, we've had a I mean, with the Gleak schedule also, like right now would be the perfect time normally in the season where you'd say, "Okay, can we go play a non-conference team? Get just kind of get the mojo off, get the bad juju out of the way and go play some other regional team and get some confidence back because I mean we were doing that at the beginning of the year at the the first couple of tournaments yeah, like we were what five and oh yeah like we ended up getting I believe runner up at the the tournament at Lewis at the beginning of the year and then the Bluebridge Classic as well we got some wins so those yeah, are we absolutely were six huge. and six and three at the start of the year before com- or seven and three before conference started yeah and it's it's just, just kind of been a little bit of a downhill spiral and I don't know what it, we need to help to change it because I mean I we want to help, but yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out but, what exactly. Like, I can't pinpoint and say, and I, I mean, this this also comes with I haven't been to a game, which would definitely help me get a better feel for what is going on with that team. I mean, Friday they play home if we want to go to that game. I mean, if I'm available, yeah, I mean, I'll well, I, I definitely be down. So I don't know when you go to the thing, but we can go. It'll, to it'll depend on when I go to the thing. It will all depend on the time of the thing or the track meet. Sorry, yeah, no, no, but yeah, that was, no. that's like the one thing about going to is like you kind of do understand like why they've had a little bit of shortcoming in the past couple of games. But like, I don't know. There's definitely times they have the momentum swings where they play solid. It's just I think they, I just think we rely on like the momentum a little bit too. Like the momentum definitely has an effect on it, but it's just like. That's the weird thing is like the momentum will have an effect where you do stuff that you don't normally do because like you are like have like I guess not a cushion but it's more you're more relaxed when like you have like the momentum in your on your side oh, or yeah, like you're, you're playing not- really well and like you can kind it kind of just heightens everything because you can be like oh I'd normally swing at that ball that's low and away but I won't this time because it'll be a ball and then it'll be like Oh, like there's an up high fastball or something, or something like that that we're like you can really get contact on stuff, and then when you have that momentum, how much effect it has on everything you. seems easier. Yes, like you go up to the plate and it's like oh, an outside an outside corner fastball, yeah, hit it to right field. Like you you don't you don't even hesitate where normally you could be like, oh, I'm not very good with those yeah. low and away fastballs. Where it's, it's just your confidence is really boosted up when yeah. everybody and else is playing well. And everyone's behind you too. And that's even the big part. You got chance from the dugout. You got the yeah. fans getting hyped up. It just you got comes the coaches down to, being It just comes down in. to who's going to really be pull up with the like pull out the grit that to start a rally and to start the momentum because yeah. Which that's we the one really that, had yeah, yet. that's the one thing that when we get it started, we realize like 
when we beat Ashland, we had that one good rally. We beat them 7-4. Yep. We beat Brunei Northwest 10-4. to Yep. Because we had good rallies, and we had someone step up and start the momentum going yep. our favor. 16-2 to against Wisconsin Parkside. When yep. we have the rally, we're a high-scoring softball team. But it's just we haven't had someone step up yet in those games where it's close, and we need a momentum shift, and we need a spark to get something going. And then... You know, when we don't have that, we lose 4 0 or we lose 7 4, 3 2 or 4 3. Close games that we can win is just someone doesn't have the grit to really dig deep, get a base hit, or get a walk after a like an eight pitch at bat and really foul it off and be a, be a dog and mm-hmm. get on base and start something up. And I think there. that's the one thing that is the tough part is because we have the talent, we have what it takes. It's just, it doesn't always happen. Couldn't have said it any better myself. You know how it I, is. I would exactly agree with that. So we wish nothing but the best because we know this softball teams are struggling a little bit. Um, I don't know. Might need to start a campfire in the dugout next week. There's some hot going, but I don't so, know. I don't. Just need something. I don't know. I, that's a, that was always one of our yeah our high school one or our high school superstitions. Bats are cold. Got to start yeah. a fire, dude. Ever, especially with the wood bats. Especially. Yeah, sure. You, you, have, you have wood bag games in high school? Um, as we far used as to like, have like a we used to have one against Kelloggsville every year, but then we stopped doing it. Oh, we don't actually do like official ones. I play. I've played in a um, like almost like a, a college prep wood bat league in the fall before. Like I played it two years in a row with some of my travel team buddies, which that was wood bat, which was pretty fun actually, because it, it's a whole different. It, it's so weird, like just just the bat change changes the game so much. Yeah, you don't see as much like long balls at all. You don't see as many. Yeah, if it's either almost crushed or not crushed. That's yeah. That's the one thing with wood There's bats. There's no is hot like, shot dribblers with a wood bat. It's either a dribbler or it's a rocket, basically at that point. Yeah, that's I just, mean that's like just how wood bats I mean, work. Major leagues too is because like. The the grounders are usually pretty easy, and then like the long balls are smoked. But speaking of Brandon, you ever think about Ferris like starting a ba- or bringing baseball back? That would be fun. I would really, I'd really enjoy that. I'd go to some games for sure. I don't know exactly like what it, what they need yeah, to what start the, that. Up. I don't, I don't know the logistics of like or like the yeah. setup for all that. Because there's definitely like you need to have basically yeah, we'll have funding because you have to make like, sure everything's clear there especially too, with yeah. like our dealership our, our deal with Under Armour like you need to have like New Jersey's and like you'd have to have that many more like merch that you get yeah. it'd be, and stuff it'd definitely be something we would have needed to consider this year or prior to yeah. to ha- have happened because with the new stuff coming in the budget's going to be probably pretty tight my, yeah, with, my uh, assumption of unless they, they center of athletic checks performance well. with the cap coming in but I mean, we have the we have a full baseball field already, so like we won't and need Wind to build Cullum. one. We could play a wind column. It probably needs some. It definitely needs some, some work. Definitely yeah. needs some work. It's not the nicest field that I've ever been at. Yeah, I, think I remember playing there for like juniors when we'd come play Big Rapids. Like, mm-hmm. it's not the nicest field. It's a it's, big field. Though, it's too. Hu- well, it's I mean, it's hitter, college yeah. field, but yeah. But like, I mean, we'd be able to use that, and then you could just make a new one, like. Within a couple of years, yeah. I mean, you could put it next to the the softball yeah. field. Somehow. But it's just a whole lot of re- it's just a whole lot of uh, I wouldn't say remodeling, but just like planning on where to put stuff. Because if you put the baseball field at facing like I guess like northeast or something like that towards the like the um, like the McDonald's and stuff like that, so like you don't head it into the road at all. But like if you use the IM field for that. Then, like, you need to find a new IM field. 
unless you just switch up everything. That's like the one thing, especially at least for baseball, adding that, it would be a whole lot of just remodeling and just figuring all that yeah. stuff out. There would be there would be pretty cool to have some more sports come in. Yeah. Like I know like the, I would like to have like um, what would be cool is like because we have lacrosse set up on the turf field for soccer. So like if we brought in like two uh, at least a, a women's lacrosse. Women's yeah, women's cross. If we had like a men's soccer team or something like that. Ooh, men's soccer team would be fun. I would say swimming, but we don't really even, have a pool even for women's that. ice hockey. That would be pretty we could fun. On, that's like the thing is because like if you, I know Davenport has a team. Yeah, for like Title IX, because you have to have, or like if we add a men's sport, we have to add a women's sport, right? I think it's something right? along that lines. I know if you the look basic, the but basic like, idea. We have is the resources to bring some. We have the resources to make another team for like some. So like if we bring in a men's baseball team, we can make a women's ice hockey team. And it's like if we bring in a men's soccer team, we can make a women's lacrosse team. Like we have the resources. It's just yeah. So it says Title IX gives, um, this is off of the Women's Sports Foundation, Title IX gives women athletes the right to equal opportunity in sports and educational in- institutions that receive federal funds from elementary schools to college universities. So probably, so public for sure. So yeah. Op- so equal opportunity um, to me makes it sound like there has to be the same amount of opportunity to start a women's lacrosse program yeah. as so there is a men's we, lacrosse program. Had, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't. Yeah, that's the one thing. Is be, I don't know if we have that in the budget right now. Yeah, to start the budget team. is pretty much now gonna cancel those ideas. I mean, we're just throwing at least out for ideas. Next, at least for the but, next couple of years with a cap. Yeah, I believe we have eight men's sports, and I believe we have nine women's sports. I mean, oh, all the sports we have are good. Like, yeah, uh, it's not, just I would like to see like. More sports would obviously be fun. Because, like, I mean, go to, to, to U of M where they got stuff. 12 sports each. And that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, 12, 13 but, sports. But yeah. also, like, you like have... You got field hockey. You have places... You have, like, the sports that make... I mean, our football team doesn't make, uh, what is it, 90 million a year, 190 million a year. Yeah, but they're definitely, extra they're definitely driving the ship. That's the one so. crappy part about, like, D2 schools, especially when you want to make, like, extra sports or something like that. It's because, like, at least for... You don't have to have students pay to get in. You just we just flash our ID, our student ID, and they just let us right in. But like with uh, D one schools, you have to pay for tickets. So like even at a discounted rate for students at like five ten bucks, that adds up when you have twenty to thirty thousand students, or like you have like ten thousand students show up to a game, and you have that much revenue, and then add that onto the general public who pay, who know fifty X to amount of dollars. 50, yeah, I mean as especially Michigan when they play Rutgers a 50 yard seat like all the way up it's yeah. still like 120 bucks yeah which it's Rutgers so, <laughs> it's Rutgers for yeah. crying out loud so like the big games will be like 200 300 dollars so like right. that's the one thing is and ours are what five ten dollars yeah five ten dollars for, for tickets not, 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 not saying not, not saying th- not that's a bad thing no, I'm that's just saying not a that's bad the, thing that's the difference of D2 sports compared to D1 sports it's the market man the market is a whole lot different it's a whole lot different but what I'd arguably say Ferris State like at least for like Gleek football it's pretty it's as entertaining as like D1 <laughs> especially D1 the game against Finley. as entertaining <laughs> if not more you know? that was pretty entertaining hopefully there's a lot of games that we that have doesn't that happen again yeah hopefully yeah. not but in, in, anyway, an idea for a soccer or soccer, well, baseball team would be pretty cool. But at the end of the day, we do have a club team, so and we do have a club team. Yes, that's something. So maybe maybe they'll just r- ride the wave, win the club championships, get some noti- or get some recognition, and oh, they're pretty good. Let's start. Just want to play in the Gleak? Sure, team. let's start it. 
Yeah. So that would be fun. But at the end of the really day, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm happy where we are now. But speaking of baseball, when we come back, we got to talk about Mr. Tatis and what's going on with his beef with Trevor Bauer. Stay tuned. Uh, real quick before we get into some Major League Baseball, breaking news coming in off of my phone of Bleacher Report. According to Rap Sheet, there will not be Justin Fields in the consideration with the number three overall pick to the Niners. Really? They have apparently narrowed down their decision to Mac Jones or Trey Lance with the number three pick, which is pretty interesting. The fact they gave up three firsts, or what was it, two firsts and a second? For this guy, for one of these two, pretty interesting to see. They could have possibly know, moved down. I'd agree with that, though, more. because Ohio State quarterbacks, they're not very, like, historically, they're not very good in the NFL. So, like, yeah. I get what they're, I get their concerns. So, like, I think that if they get Mac Jones or Trey Lance, it'll be solid for him. Because I think, like, Trey Lance won. He has, like, the chip on his shoulder. Because, like, North Dakota State isn't always, like, it's pretty overlooked when it comes to, like, talent-wise for a lot of, like, players. Yeah, you know, because in the FCS, sure. Yeah, and I think it'll be Mac Jones was already kind of overlooked because I mean he won a national championship, but like the most of focus was either on like Justin Fields, like Trevor Lawrence, and stuff like that. For the situation, Mac Jones makes me makes more sense to me. I think the value's very shaky. I don't think that he's a top three pick, but if you want your quarterback. This is a draft to go up and get them, and obviously yeah. they were willing to do so. Who, wait, sorry, who is that for those trying to those narrow that down? Rap sheet said for the Niners. For the Niners. Yep. Hmm. That's what in rap. Also, there's reports going around that Julio Jones is on the trade block too. So, our, my my man Julio Jones that Joe hates. I don't hate him. Snyder <laughs> top three. My top three. Shout out to the OGs that remember that that podcast episode. Yeah, shout you out to you. You are the real fans. Let us you know really if you are. remember that. And we might have to send you a thank you because that was a classic episode right there. Either way. You can check that out way down in the feed. But anyway. Back to the MLB. Tune in, back on, to we- the MLB. Tune in on Wednesday. We'll talk NFL draft and all things NFL. So tune in for that on Wednesday. Going back to Major League Baseball on Monday. Uh, this is a good idea brought up by Joe um, over the weekend. Some very interesting fireworks going little on. Bit of, little bit of beef a, a has developed of, between Trevor Bauer. I would say beef with a question with a quotation yeah, mark. Yeah, beef, friendly beef, friendly little friendly scuffle. Yeah. I don't even say a scuffle. Kerfuffle? A kerfuffle. Friendly banter. Friendly, yeah. friendly competitive banter between Fernando Tatis Jr. and Trevor Bauer. Um, if you didn't see it. Fernando Tatis Jr. had a home run off Trevor Bauer, or he homered twice off of Trevor Trevor Bauer. Yep. And uh, during one of his celebrations, looked back uh, in the middle of his home run trot towards the San Diego Dow, closed one of his eyes as people think it's a callback to Trevor Bauer uh, pitching in the, uh, I think, spring training with one eye mm-hmm. open, uh, saying, if people can't hit off me with one eye, uh, with me pitching with one eye, then they won't be able to score off with, with me pitching with two. So I think that's a callback to that. Mm-hmm. And then people saying, and then San Diego Padres uh, kind of like clapped at it with the Twitter, saying anything you can do, I can do better, with I spelled E-Y-E, mm-hmm. uh, with Fernando Tatis doing the I thing as a home run trot. Those social media people, man. And then uh, also Tatis broke out like a, a hesitation step celebration um, coming on third base for his home run. So that was kind of a big thing too. And then uh, people now are saying that Tatis uh, 
is look, look stealing signs out of the catcher to hit home runs. And then Trevor Bauer then had the video of like people saying like or Ties did it because when he was swinging, he looked down a little bit and then he looked back up for a split second. And Trevor Bauer said uh, in a tweet because he uh, or replied to this one guy saying, "Am I crazy? Or did Fernando Ties Jr. know it was coming? Let me know if you need to steal pitches. That's just not whatever." Then Trevor Bauer said, "If you need to know what pitch is coming that badly, just ask Daddy ne- nicely next, next time, time at Tatis underscore Jr. You know I ain't scared, homie." And then Tatis said. Uh, and they replied to him, Tranquilo Iho, which I'm pretty sure is mean like, I don't know what Tranquilo means, but Iho means son. I know that. Yeah. And then it's just a picture of him holding a baby with Trevor Bauer's face sh- photoshopped on it. Yeah. There's some friendly... There so that's, that's the beast that's going on, but yeah. that's like the funny thing is what a lot of people think that Tatis was stealing signs. And uh, also people are just annoyed that Tatis would celebrate like on just a routine homer like that. Yeah. That that was that was a very interesting situation, and I think the uh, there was also the um, after the second home run, the Conor McGregor strut, you could say, or the 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 mimic or whatever the yeah. the um, can't think of the word right now, but you you know what I'm the trying walk, to say, imitation. The, the pl- there we yeah, go, imitation. Conor McGregor imitation on the strut um, on the second one. So that also happened. Um, I think the biggest part of all of this is when they ask Trevor Bauer about these celebrations and things like that and he had a very interesting say about it he said i like it i think the pitchers that have done it to them and react by throwing at people i think it's pretty soft if you give up a homer and a a guy should celebrate it it's hard to hit those in the big leagues that's what bauer said on the situation and i 100 percent agree with him yeah that brings way more excitement it brings way more intensity to the games because and it makes it more fun to watch because it just seems like Cause like, when there's a major, that's the one thing I hate about old man baseball. You guys know how much I hate old man baseball. <laughs> I think we've known, especially since the start of the MLB season, when you uh, like, oh, or you hate old man baseball more than I do. I, yeah, I hate just like the why old man baseball just doesn't like change at all. But anyways, for a player to hit a home run, that's like one of the biggest accomplishments as a hitter, because you know you did everything perfectly. You had the perfect exit velocity, had the perfect like launch angle you know you did everything right so why not celebrate it because that's a big thing and everybody loves hitting home runs i sadly i never hit a home run in high school or anything so i don't know the feeling i came up two inches short yeah you know the feeling is me too brandon so it's like well if i I hit a home run sorry out of the park i have hit inside but well yeah me too but like i'm just saying like out of the park i never hit one before yes but to have that happen is like it's a big thing, and it doesn't even matter if Tatis hit hundreds before. Still, every home run is just like it's a surge of adrenaline that makes you just remember your first one, and it just feels like every time you hit it, it just feels like you never hit one before. So I think celebrating in regular games is fine, except people are just like, no, like you just reserve it for like playoff games and like the World Series and like walkoffs. Then you can celebrate it because that's a big deal. I'm just like a home run's a big deal anytime. Because that's when it really gets people on their feet. So why not have uh, the players celebrate with the fans who are celebrating for their accomplishment rather than just walking around the bases? I don't care if, like, the player decides to just walk around slow or or trot slowly and act act professionally and act like they've been there before. I don't care about if they chose to do that. But if a player chooses to celebrate it with, you know, something like Tati's doing where he turns around and covers his eye or, like, in game seven, where uh, I think it was uh, Carlos Correa stopped into a fist bump right before he made first or got to first base. Like, if that happened in the regular season, people would throw an outrage. Yeah. 
And that's the annoying thing. It's like, I want to see that as a fan. And then it just comes back to, like, baseball is not as popular as it once be as it once was, so why not capitalize on what makes it so it's entertaining with this beef going on and with players celebrating when they do something good comparatively to punishing them and telling them that they're doing the wrong thing for celebrating for a home run or celebrating a strikeout or something like that. That just annoys me. Yeah, I think you also can think about it in the way that, like, some of these players, like, that's their personality. Yeah. Like, you don't want to hold back the, obviously, there is a top line. There, there is there is a line to be drawn when it's too much, but yes. I'm just saying a, a simple celebration isn't going to be the end of the world just because people are just like, act like you've been there before. You're in the major leagues. You should have, you should be setting an example for the people who want to be there for like for the next generation. I'm just like, that is the example we want to set. Because baseball is supposed to be fun. It's not as popular, dude. It's not as popular as it once was. So like, why not build on it and make it so that people want to watch it and you make it more entertaining instead of punishing and making getting people getting mad at the people who do that stuff i don't understand yeah it's it's a tough situation because basically you're you're drawing the line of what type of baseball do you want to see you want to see the exciting version or the historical version that's really what it comes down to because the exciting version is what i want to see yeah because historical version isn't going to grow the game and the historical version is going to make it so that people don't want to tune in the game that have never tuned in before yeah I think there's some there's some interesting elements to the story. I do think the the sign stealing that's not that's not it. No. You that, yeah. that is a little bit um a, that's a tough that's a tough subject because I can also feel like as a catcher your job is to hide it better. Hide the signs at the best was, of your ability. But if you're if you're a batter like that is I like sometimes it's just blatantly obvious because like there's some catchers out there that just don't quite know what you're they're they don't know the art to hiding signs because yeah. I mean at the end of the day they're not thinking at the next level like a lot of other players because you get that in high school there's people that are looking to play this in college know the game way more in depth than all the other teammates do and could ever imagine and there's a lot of secret there's like if you are a baseball player or you are a fan of baseball and I mean you've seen a lot of these um like you've seen the surface level of baseball a lot yeah there's a lot more that goes on within a game to get an advantage than anybody can ever imagine because mm-hmm. if you think about all the times you have players um coaches that are always relaying signals left and right it's all about trying yeah. to figure out what each team's doing i mean and that's what happens i mean when i caught in high school i there's like two or three times where we were playing i forget which team we were playing but I, like, didn't do a good job of hiding, like, three signs. And then the first base coach just called it out. It's like, fastball is coming. That's wrong. Like, yeah. That's, now, like, the one thing. You... It's like, I didn't hide it well. So, I'll I'll give him that. That, like, that that like yeah, I didn't do that well. But it's like, you also shouldn't, like, tell him what's coming. Because it's like, I don't know. I just don't agree with that. But also, just, like, it's my fault for not hiding it well. So, that's, like, the one thing about it. But... You know, it's like when you steal signs or like kind of do that, it's just like, yeah, and I can, I can personally tell, like you can see it a lot in the high school level as well. When you get to the prep college level and travel situations, it gets even more in depth because there's, yeah, there's, if you think about it, you have in high school, you have always, you have 
you're going to have all the guys that love to play baseball. You got a, the couple guys that are in there to go to the next level, be all in depth in on the love of baseball and all of those mm-hmm. sort of things. But I, and when you get to a prep level, that's everyone. Like that's that's everyone. yeah. You, Everyone's trying to get an advantage yeah. at every because high level. school high school that's like the odd or like the he's like the guy that stands out. But it's like once you get to that spot where everyone's because playing it as more of like an extracurricular activity in quotation marks. Yeah, they're like not. They're everybody's they're not, at your level. They're not understanding the level of baseball that you are. Yeah. So you can't you can't relay some of this stuff for all like yeah. Hi, have you like second base runner on second in scoring position late in a game? You're, you see, you see how many arms the runner has down. Yeah, like how many, or like how many signs the catcher is gonna throw down. Like it's not. That's that's that like stuff is what high we're school, talking high about. school. You can get away with flashing two, and then like yeah, it's a curveball coming. Like, yeah. but like travel and stuff like that. Like what? Runners my, what are, my coach did. He would, he would call the sign and he'd do it on his face, and like you'd have to count how many times he touched his ear for the count, and like what side he ended his face on for like where to line up for, and then for me, I'd have to throw down, and it would be like the third number I flashed down, mm-hmm. or like each inning I tell him like, hey, it's gonna be like the second or third number I flashed down, so that way he knows, and then I'd line up where it's gonna go, and it's like. That's what happens every time in travel ball because, like, they're going to pick up on the simple stuff really fast because yes. everybody has a high baseball IQ. But, like, high school, you can get away with the simple stuff because not everyone's going to be really paying attention. They're more just going to be playing it just because they like to play baseball, not because they like the in-depth bots of the game. Yeah, good teams have that stuff in set because ru- runners do a lot more on base than everybody thinks. Yeah. I know personally, like... I know when I was on second, in- I do, like... I'd have whoever was at bat, like, I'd, like flat like because i if, if i think it's different when players kind of like tell each other what's coming rather than coaches do but it's the, the subtleness of runners telling because i mean at second you're looking you're looking hypothetically at the pitcher you're looking at his eyes you're looking at his mitt you're looking at his ear or whatever you're in a direct line with your teammate yeah who is sitting there? He's got the entire bird's eye view of what is going on as far as the pitcher catcher connection. Yeah. You're seeing I would, I would everything. run with my batting gloves on because, like, I don't know why, and I just do two straps or whatever. Oh, that's sneaky. Or like I do like I'd like pat my head twice or something like that. Like I pat my head once. Yep, I I know we used to do the um we used to do the arms down, one arm or two arm or left and the right those sort of things where everything yeah. had a specific meaning. That's just what baseball is. The hidden elements the of hidden baseball stuff where like you can is everything. Because I don't mind if like you get if like as a I just as a hitter, it's like you need to especially if you have no one on. It's like don't look at like the catcher to like cheat it out because like it's not cool and it's not like the right thing to do. But like if you have runners on base, like that's the catcher's that's the catcher's fault if they like let the pitcher or the batter know what's coming. Because yeah. that happens all the time. It's just it's just a. Different set of standard when it is the coach that's doing it or when it's like the batter that's stealing signs. It's different when there's the batter on or the runner on base because they can steal the sign because that's what they're paying attention for. And mm-hmm. that's like one of the jobs as a base runner is help the batter out as much as you can. As not even just know what the what the uh count or like what the pitch is coming, like distract the bat, the pitcher a little bit, like fake steal or like kind of like get a long lead off, make it so mm-hmm. that their focus isn't a hundred percent on the batter. Yeah. It's more, it's more 50, 50 or like 27 or something like that. So that way, just that little amount of focus that they don't have on the batter, that's the difference between a ball and a strike, a walk and a 
a walk and a strikeout or a hit or a, or something like that. You know, it's it's just a lot of things that go into it. That's a, that people can say it's a double standard when like runners give like hints to it, but then it's like I don't know. It's just like the one thing where people just need to kind of know what the whole inner workings of baseball are. Yeah. There's a, and I, I, I love that we're, we're talking about this because at the end of the day too, like we have different perspectives as well. Cause I would, I was primarily on the mound a lot of my high school and prep career I was and you catcher were behind most the plate. Time. So we have different perspectives, which is really interesting because I know as a pitcher, like I was, there's a lot of things that people don't realize that I was looking for. You're looking at the runner, you're looking at their tendencies, you're looking at the batter's tendencies, you're looking mm-hmm. over at the dugout, seeing who's trying to read stuff. You got people all over. You're looking at shifts. You're looking at all these sort of things. There's so much information in the game of baseball. Yeah. So that's just really, it's just really hard for and like, like people to get upset to where like. There's so much more going on in the game than people realize, especially in this yeah. this Tatis and Bauer, because like it's all about numbers it's all about previous experiences especially behind the dish the mm-hmm. tatis has faced bauer before and like you said he knows there's a history co- of what's what, going on so yeah. at the end of the day that that whole situation it's just it's basically going to happen it's just are you going to like it or not that's really what's what it is they're not going to stop that from happening i mean they can be subtle about it mm-hmm. but they're not going like that's not in that hype of a moment to where that's going to break out so yeah, at the end of the day, it's really if you're against it or you're with it. Because at yeah. the end of the day, it's kind of becoming so. But, um, I mean, there's they, baseball is getting very interesting. So, uh, I mean. It's definitely, I wouldn't say it's a dying sport, but it could very well in the next couple of like years. The if they don't change it, if they don't change it soon and kind of cater, cater it, like, in the right way to, like, the new fans and stuff, like, it could very well just be a dying sport, you know? Yeah. Because it's definitely riding high on, like, the past success of, like, kind of back in the day when it wasn't. Because I don't think it's really, it'll keep, like, the coin of America's pastime. But it's kind of starting to be where it doesn't have the popularity of being able to have the coin of America's pastime anymore. Yeah. Because I don't really we hope s- that stays. I Yeah, I hope it stays too. But I just don't think it's, like, has the popularity and, like, the depth into, like, everybody's, like, I guess, like, hobbies as it used to mm-hmm. you know yeah because i don't really see as a lot of people like this like throwing the ball around and stuff i see more people like playing like shooting hoops mm-hmm. rather than stuff like that i will say i did when on my warm-up at running around um in on hillsdale's campus there were people throwing a baseball around i nice. was like we don't see that very often anymore that's yeah. not necessarily the number one like hey let's go outside play catch yeah or have a catch or whatever you call it i say and play we- catch yeah, I say play catch too, but some people say have a catch. I don't know. Sounds, both. sounds kind of sus to me, but <laughs> it sounds a little sus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I will say though, yesterday was pretty cool. Madison Bumgarner threw a no hitter, and the reason you didn't hear about Hey-o. this, it was in a double header second game, so it was only seven innings, which according to the MLB rules doesn't, doesn't count. count as a no hitter. Stupid. But still impressive. I think that's dumb because it counts towards the record. It just doesn't. Yeah. At change the, the rule. MLB, the the change day, the rule. The Diamondbacks won the game. They won, like, I believe their second game in a row. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10 now. Climbing up the, their, the AL West, chasing Bauer yeah, and the West. Dodgers and Tatis and the Padres. So they're, yeah. they're coming. 
like like our buddy Adam says, my San Diego Padres. We should bring him back on the pod. Yeah, bring Adam back on when bring we're Adam. I know you guys. Baseball. You know you guys like Adam and all of his questionable comments, <laughs> Jeter. But um, anyway, moving on in the finale of our show, um, talking a little NBA. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about what Steph Curry's been doing lately with the basketball, but boy, if you haven't, you need to watch for yourself. Holy mackerel! It is incredible what that man is doing right now. He is red hot. Every time he touches the basketball, it goes in the hoop. Yeah, that's I believe, basically it. I believe right now he has the record at. 80, he's has the most threes in a month is at the moment with eighty three. There's still smokes. four days left in this month. Yeah, thirty days in September, days April, left. June, and yeah, four days four. left in the month. That means probably four more games, where he'll probably average th- five, probably five or six. So he could very well get over a hundred threes in a month, mm. which is a lot more than a lot of other people get ever in their career. Yeah, which is insane. It's because bonkers, if you've seen dude. him the past couple games where he just like is throwing up random shot, like there was that one where he was I think on the upper like upper like kind of wing side, and he just like turned around, got the foul, and just threw like it up with just his like left threw hand. it up with his left hand, and it just swished right that? in. What was that? And I just in? and I was like, how how I don't understand how one you can keep the focus on your body and like to see where the, you have to throw the ball. Because especially with the angle that he was at, like, he has to turn. He's facing down. He can't really see the, like, he's looking at the hoop and not really the ball when he's shooting, which is, if you've never played basketball before, it's tough to do. But, like, it's just one of, like, the, so impressive. Like, to score that many, especially in the NBA, in a single month, crazy. I, he's definitely, I mean, there's no chance that he won't get the most all three, most time all threes, right? How oh, many? He, how many does he have right now? Uh, I don't know exactly where he is on the mark. I know he's getting up there. I I would argue that he could. He will probably go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest shooter. Oh yeah, he probably will. We've ever seen Stephen A. Smith. He also he, Steve Steph Abel, Curry is, is two hundred and five away. <laughs> two hundred five threes away from beating Ray Allen. The, the and Steph, Ray, Steph Curry, he probably take has three more months, not years. Months. Steph Curry no, has he's on right now. Oh, he'll probably he'll probably, he'll probably be top by the time the season's over, most likely. Yeah, how many games he, left? I mean, April, May, June. Twenty-one games left. They do. They're at sixty-one oh, never right mind. now. They're not going to June. So, he'll definitely get it by next season. But like, it's still after crazy. After next how season, he's definitely got he's it. He's only been in the league for what ten years, eleven years. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he might have been drafted in '09, so that'd make it eleven or twelve. But I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm checking it right now. Young guy out of he Davidson. He was drafted in 2009. I was so right. Okay. Young, young point years. guard out of Davidson. 12 years. I don't think he was... Did he play for Santa Cruz at all? Or did he just go right to the NBA? He went straight to... Yeah. So still... I don't still, know if it was Santa Cruz at 2, the time, 2,768 divided by 12. He can get there. That? I just want to see how much that is for a calculator. Calculator phone. app? What? 2,768 divided by 12. 233 is a season. He's got 80 of them in the last... That's, a, that's averaging 230 games. a season. That's gettable. He's going to get it. Which is insane. Both claim 426-2021-1107 a.m. When we're recording this, Steph Curry will get the all-time three points made mark. 
That's a, that's, a, that's a bold claim. Yeah, that's a, such a bold <laughs> average take right there. That's not yeah. even a hot take. That's a mild take. <laughs> Which is crazy, though, because like when Ray Allen broke it, he was 400 in front of Reggie Miller. And people thought... That was ungettable. That was ungettable. And now look what Steph's doing. And uh, Steph's probably going to end his career with over 3,000. Probably. Because he'll probably... Pl- I'd say he's got at least... This is just at least five more years. Mm-hmm. If not close to 10. If he made as many, like if I feel like some people don't understand how great of a shooter he is because he only shoots threes. Like if he shot more mid-range shots, he would unquestionably be the greatest shooter we've ever seen. No question. Yeah. Because I just think since he doesn't take any mid-range. Because everybody really... just calls him a marksman and that's really all he does. He does way more than just a marksman. Yeah. Well, he like, has handles and he has the Ray Allen is vision. more of a marksman. Than Steph Curry is. Yeah. You can't argue that. Because Ray Allen really only shot threes. Right. And shot mid-range shots. He was only a primary shooter. He did not slash and dish. That's what Steph does on the side. Because Ray Allen was a shooting guard, right? Or at least power forward or something like that. Yeah. He pretty much played wing. Yeah. And for a point guard guard to do this, especially when the point guard's job is to get the ball movement around. Well, don't forget, Paul Pierce said Steph's more of a wing. (laughs) Paul, I don't... (laughs) Paul Pierce That's can. Cold. Paul Pierce can just stop talking. No one. Well, he has stopped talking because he left ESPN because of an that incident. We won't get into that. But the real you can question check that is: out for the real question is, I'm just looking at the all-time list. How, how high up on the on the list is Damian Lillard going to get? Ooh, because he's been sneaky with as far as he's at, being he's, able to hit the three ball. I think this he's list, one of the most clutch players we've ever seen. This, this li- I don't lifetime. know when the last time this list was up updated. But he's at 1997. What mark is that at? He's at number 10. He's oh. at once that he's at 1,997 threes. How far is he behind nine? And who's at nine? Um, Paul Pierce is at nine at 2,140. Oh, so he's at get he's him. at 146 away. Get, absolutely, go get that. So guy. I say I'd say get Paul Pierce Damian Lillard, depending on how long he plays the game and how long he can keep the shooters touch, he could break top five maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely reasonable. I mean, they have incentive to start winning right now. I mean, hypothetically, we're going into that seven ten playing tournament that's been proposed for this season. Number seven yeah. seed, Portland. Number ten seed, Golden State. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, Damian Lillard hasn't even been in the league be for ten years up. yet. So yeah, I, that's crazy. That's the funny part. Like Portland is, they've lost their last five straight. They're kind of struggling right now. Golden State seven. We have won seven of the last ten. Like Portland at one point was um, thirty-two and twenty-three. Golden State was twenty-four and twenty-seven. Yeah. Like they were about what? That's probably ten games apart almost. And now one and a half, seven and ten, both in the plan. Also, look out for the Lakers. LeBron needs to come back ASAP because they've not been winning games. They're no. at 35 and 25, holding on to the five seed. The five seed. That's just, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, the Jazz and the Suns right now are on are just playing red hot. And then you got the powerhouse of the of the L.A. teams at three and five. Then you got mm-hmm. Denver and Dallas playing dark horse there at four and six as well. Love my Denver Nuggets, but they're, they're, Michael Porter Jr. has got to keep playing well if they want to have a good shot without Jamal Murray. But... I mean that's the funny thing though with Utah is like Utah and here yeah this is this is something I thought was really interesting Utah and Memphis 
had the same road record of 18 and 12. The difference between the one seed and the eight seed, Memphis is 13 and 16 at home. You know what Utah is at home? 26 and 4. That's how you get yourself a number one seed, taking care of it at home. 26 on the home floor. Four? Dang. That's insane. Impressive, to say the least. And they're also 21 and 10 in conference where Memphis is 14 and 20. So, at the end of the day, this is just going to be a wild NBA season. I'm, I'm excited. That's on the Western Conference side. The Eastern Conference side, Nets are currently on top. They overtook the 76ers um, right now at 41-20, and then the 76ers at 39-21. Giannis and the Bucks at 37-23, three and a half games back. And then you have a whole slew of dark horse contenders of the Knicks. Yes, I did say that. The New York Knicks are a four seed, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to Julius Randle, 34-27. and 27. They're seven games out. Um, Atlanta right behind them, seven games out. Boston, they're nine games out at the six seed. Is it time to move on from Brad Stevens? I think it could be. I I don't know because... I'd be close. I don't know if it's this year. Bringing back Butler, maybe. They, there was a rumor that, they, that Indiana offered him 70 mil to go to be Hoosier's head, next head coach, but he... Denies that claim. That's a pretty specific claim, though, to deny. Just saying. But at the end of the day, I think that's something that Boston's going to definitely have to discuss. Miami is also nine games out of the seventh seed. The Charlotte Hornets, now with Melo coming back, they're 30-30. and 30. They're 10 and a half out of the number one spot. Only 1.5 games out of the sixth seed to avoid the playing tournament. Yeah. So they're in the opportunity. What are you smiling about? Sorry, I just... <laughs> I was checking my phone to see like kind of like the Steph Curry stuff going on, and there was just a meme that showed up like an NHL meme, and it was about the Red Wings because side the Red Wings won against the Stars. Yep. But the Red Wings only had six shots on goal, and the Stars had forty-one. Yep. And we won one-zero. Yep. And it's just like That's all it takes. it's just funny memes about Jonathan Bernier being a Jonathan, brick wall. Yeah, Jonathan Bernier is a brick wall. He was also wearing one, that. Two. Did you see like the they did the. The um the like the charity event or drawing or whatever that he wore a uh, mask designed by a five year old kid. No, we didn't. I thought that was cool. That's cool. Yeah, they did like a little contest design Bernier's mask for a game. That's and cool. And there was a five year old kid that won, and he got to go to the game and everything. It was pretty sweet. Sick. I love seeing those things. But hey, that's how you. I think was it that game or the game before? If it was that game, that would be sick. Forty one saves in a game where you have a custom helmet before? drew by a a kid a super fan. That'd be sweet. That'd be a memory that lasts forever. It was either that or the game before, because I think, what was it, the game before, they were up one zip in the third period, and then they lost 2-1 in OT. That was tough. But anyway, yeah. And wrapping up the NBA, Pistons are 18-43. and We're a couple, couple 10 games out of the, the play-in tournament behind um, Orlando, Cleveland, Toronto, Chicago, Washington, Indiana. The, the outside of Milwaukee... <laughs> the Eastern Conf- the Eastern Conference, the Central Division is trash. Indiana's yeah, twenty nine thirty one. Chicago's twenty five and thirty five. Cleveland's twenty one and thirty nine, and then there's us. Oofed up. Not awesome. But right now we're gonna have Wizards, Heat, Pacers, Hornets at the Eastern Conference playoffs tournament started today. I think that'd be an interesting matchup. I'm definitely gonna take the Hornets. And I will probably I would be debating about the Wizards and the Heat because Russ and Brad Bradley Beal haven't been in a playoff situation together. That could be interesting. I would be very interested to see how that ends up. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. We appreciate your view, and if you appreciated it, 
Don't forget to hit the follow and subscribe button. And don't forget to follow us on social media as well at the MVSP. Joe, where can they find us? Facebook. Or I was going to say Facebook, oh, but that's oh, not right. No. That's not right. You put me on the spot. I don't usually do oh, this. Twitter no. and Instagram, at the MVSP. That's right. I'm I pretty sure Twitter is at the underscore MVSP. No, it's just at the MVSP. Oh, I sick. Put you, I put you on the spot, though. Yeah, you pressure, can't switch up on me. situations. We don't have a Facebook yet. Joe has to get ready we for the playoffs. We might make a Facebook. Who knows? He's got to get. He's got to get the jitters out for the playoffs. Yeah, because they're coming and hot. They both are. in the NHL and NBA, and we'll make sure we give you all the information over the summer as well. Tune in on Wednesday for more NFL draft coverage, and until next time, take care, everybody.